Shira Lazar, and I'm the co-founder of Peace Inside Live. Jordana Reem, and I am a co-founder at Peace Inside Live. What inspired you to create Peace Inside Live? Ooh, it was during the pandemic. And I, so my business before the pandemic was running retreats. And Shira had been on uh, my retreat to Everest Base Camp. And after that, we were creating content together. I was on my way to lead that retreat again in 2020. And I didn't make it. I, I was in Thailand. I didn't make it to Nepal because the pandemic hit and uh, ran the retreat online instead. And there was such a, a huge turnout and just so much good energy created community and connection. I said to Shira, let's do this every single day. And she was like, all right. And we went, we went in full-time creating this online studio that has since evolved um, to be uh, a, a platform now that um, as at the intersection of well-being and digital and technology. I mean, I, I've been in entertainment and pop culture and broadcasting for almost two decades, uh, digital culture also with what's trending uh, my digital media brand. And a lot of this work and these conversations were happening for me behind the scenes, you know, with close friends or teachers that I knew and facilitators, maybe in therapy. And for me, it was one of those questions like, is this something I need to be bringing into my professional life? Or should I just keep this behind closed doors like a lot of us do? Or within intimate conversations. And I think I realized with everything I've done, it came from a passion and a lifestyle and a way of living. And, and social media and the creator economy, my interest in that started with that, which is my desire to do that in all ways, right? It wasn't about being hired to do it. It was something that I was just interested in and curious about. And the same with uh, this, with mindfulness and personal growth. And so, you know, having known Jordana for a long time and doing that life-changing trip together, we started having some really interesting conversations of what that would look like. And then that evolved from content to then creating spaces for everyone to dive in and lean in deeper into their lives. And it's really cool now to see how my own interests in digital culture and then mental well-being have come together in this creation of Peace Inside Live and where we're going and what we're bringing to people. Since creating the organization, how has your mental health benefit? I always say, yeah, that when you have a company that's around mindfulness, it challenges you to practice what you preach. Because <laughs> we're not perfect. Like even I joke around so many people from my team members, my employees, my mom, whenever maybe because I'm human, I do something and it's not mindful. They're like, are you the expert at this? <laughs> I don't know how to do this. And I say, I'm still learning. Who said I was perfect? Like I'm far from perfect. And part of that, um, and I think the interest in some of these spaces for some people, as we know, is because you're working on it yourself. And so it pushes you to continue being a student. And, you know, as you're bringing information and tools to people, I'm I'm practicing myself. I'm in some of these classes and workshops and I'm learning through others. So it's taught me a lot about leading by example and how it's a, a constant journey of learning and evolving, 
never ends. Yeah, we get to practice all the time. And I think that it's, um, I've really enjoyed the journey, you know, with Shira building this because we were friends before. And now it's like friendship and, you know, business partnership. And we get to talk out all of the things that get sticky. And there's a safe container for doing that. And that also helps us, helps us grow personally, but also in the business. And so it feels really good, even when it's icky and, and quote unquote bad. I come from broadcasting and I know it's a stressful environment and you did do it at such a high level. How is that, you know, splitting your own health compared to succeeding in the business? Ah, well, yeah, I still run my digital media company while continuing to expand who I am and what my interests are. And I think it came down to really focusing on making it work for me versus me working for it. Like at a certain point realizing, okay, this company is continuing unless I shut it down. Like I also need to continue growing professionally and personally. I mean, that could be a hard decision to make because you might... Some people might think, oh, you're ignoring something or you're not focusing or you're spreading yourself too thin. But I think we look a lot at business people that succeed in many areas and they are doing many things, right? And some people don't. It's kind of like whatever floats your boat. I was just interviewing Drew Barrymore and she's like, a lot of us are multidisciplinary individuals. We like lots of different things and we decide to pursue different passions or professions based on that. And if some of us have the opportunity to pursue many of those things with the support of people in getting us there, then why not be open to that? Um, so part of it is finding those support systems, you know, and at what's trending, I have a team I work with. I have someone I work with day to day that manages the business. I've figured out a process to make it work and be sustainable. Uh, And then within building new processes with Peace Inside Live, we also kind of look at our strengths and our weaknesses and what we like doing, what we don't like doing, you know? And of course, when you start something new, you kind of need to do it all, (laughs) but there's a reality at a certain point to leaning into the things like that really get you going and that you know you're good at and finding partners that fill the other side, which Jordana does in many ways and so many parts of like whatever I do she maybe doesn't do as much and whatever she does, I don't do as much. It's the yin and yang. We can't do it all. And and you gotta be open to receiving that support. So I don't know if that answers that question in terms of um, kind of figuring out both sides, the entrepreneur side, the content creator side. Uh, but I think that a lot of my work on myself go, to go back to news and media yeah. came from the adrenaline and the fight or flight that I got and learned from being in the newsroom and in the constant 24 seven creator space and realizing how much that was impacting my own mental health and saying, okay, do, am I just not into this anymore? And I realize it's not like I'm not into content or the news of this, that, but how I'm approaching it does not work for me. And so I'm going to figure out a way to make, to make it work in a way that does. And a lot of us, don't do that because of obviously survival, you know, we don't have the privilege. We need to work for someone. There's no choice. Yeah. But I also think as, as the next generation here, creating these new foundations for ourselves, we need to figure out sustainable ways to make that happen. 
or else the business is going to fall apart. We can't keep doing things that don't work and aren't healthy for us and others. So there are realities to that anyway. Well, I completely agree with you because that that's actually me. I'm trying, I love content. I love creating videos, but I don't like that 24 seven environment. The, it's so it's just stressful and not good for my mental health at all, but you know, finding a way and you know, you've done it for such a long time. So, so thank you for pay the, paving the way for that. Well, I think that, and just to wrap on that subject, I think that, uh, you know, program directors, editorial folks, bosses, we need to really be challenging ourselves to look at the environments that we're creating. I, I know that we can create results while we're creating healthy environments. It doesn't need to be one or the other. And I think continuing to think it needs to be one or the other is going to ruin the business. And there will be someone to figure it out and to build that new model. So I, I always say, like, if something's not working, even if you get to a result, we need to think about the journey, how we get there. If you're burning people out, if people are not happy, even if we, when we watch something, it looks good. I still think that's not a success. Success is when all parts of the process, it's not just about feeling good, but are to the, like, they're being made in the best way we know they could. And a lot of times we skip that journey part because again, as you know, we're thinking about the ratings, we're thinking right. about the audience, we're thinking about all this stuff, but we got to look at what's happening behind the scenes too. And as we know, like a lot of people are starting to bring that up in terms of like ethical workplace practices, including I would say in the newsroom or at production companies at these, at these traditional media entities. With you two working closely together, what have you learned from each other? <laughs> you know, I think that we've learned, like for me, I've learned like, you know, what, like to do what I'm good at and then to express what I'm not good at. And it's, um, and to have that as an open dialogue, I'm not great at these things. Can, can I get support with this asking for support where I need it? Um, it's been like a very, like, I've grown a lot in the process with Shira because we started it and it was just the two of us. And really we were running like a business that should have had about 20 people, you know, where we had like, we had 14 classes a week, right. Going on. And we're, you know, we had a newsletter every single day of the week. Um, we were doing all kinds of events outside of that media, just launching this company. Um, and so really we were wearing so many hats and it was, it was great at that time. It really taught us, taught me to manage what I could manage and communicate what I couldn't manage. Um, so I think that's been like a big area of growth, uh, for me personally. And, um, yeah, Shira like also really holds me accountable to like continuing to, to grow my own um, library of work as well from the work that I'm doing, that we're doing. I, I write and record meditations and um, just like the, the process of building a conscious business has been one that's like, it's given me a lot of material and she's like, create content, just keep doing it. And she supports that in, in so many ways. Um, and the business supports that. And so um, I've gotten a, uh, a lot even, you know, better at creating that content and just being able to like 
go and record something right now, you know, or, you know, in five minutes. And, and so, um, that's been a pleasure. Oh my God. What I've learned from Jordana, <laughs> uh, you know, Jordana's so good at leading a group and slowing down and speaking while well, I'm a broadcaster. Again, I've been in this go, go, go mentality. Let's be in your face. Let's all be spunky, you know, hosting this, that. And, um, I've really been able to watch her and like how she really grounds and leads people on a journey and the confidence around that and holding that space is just such a beautiful thing. Right. Um, and just watching her do that has been really inspiring. And I always say like, I am not a meditation guide or a facilitator. It'd be really cool to be able to do that. Cause a lot of times she's not around and then I'm thrown in the deep end. I'm like, no, like I try and I'm like, everyone take a breath in. <laughs> I do it in my own way. <laughs> anyway. So I've learned a lot from her in terms of that. Um, and then again, I think it just goes back to the, our blind spots in life and work. Um, and that's okay. And like being able to take that constructive feedback, including from people that it's a safe space where they they're cheerleading you and they know your best. And that does not mean they're not going to call you forth or call you out. Right. And so it's been a beautiful safe space for that growth and for that feedback. I think that a lot of people think, oh yeah, it's about just everything being perfect unicorns and rainbows. And that's not really where the growth happens. And it's also okay to make mistakes and figure it out. It's just, how do you do that? Do you like kill each other around it? Or do you make each other feel horrible? Or do you say, okay, this happened. What do we learn from it? And it's just a, a different approach um, that we get to do together because we want to do it. And then also because the nature of the work, again, are we going to practice what we preach? Are we going to be talking about mental health? And then behind the scenes, it's like, this does not feel like a mental health space or a space that supports that. So we're constantly coming back to that. Even if we go off, which we do, we're human. It happens. But what do we come back to? And that's the important thing. When I was doing uh, my research, I saw your uh, new book, uh, The Joy of Missing Out. And that's huge because, you know, the fear of missing out, you know, has so many negative feelings attached to it. And can you tell me a little bit about the book and the process? I think we're really excited about the concept of JOMO. Um, you know, having spent <laughs> like so much, to, a lot of our, our business has been in um, web three and um, you working with different projects and teams and there's, you know, FUD, fear, uncertainty and doubt and FOMO, um, you know, with, with market changes and different opportunities and all of the news and, and startups and just the plethora of information we are being bombarded with in all of the different places that you can be, even if you're just right here in your chair. So with that, um, we were talking about Jomo and, and how much we love that. And Shira and I, um, both share that one of our favorite morning practices is journaling. And it's a way in which we've both, um, grown personally is to have this reflection practice. And so the idea came through the intersection of that, that we wanted to create something that was a daily practice for people to reflect on what joy is for them, how to create 
loving boundaries and be authentic. And so that's how the, the Jomo journal came about and, and really combating those thoughts of FOMO. FOMO, it's, it's a thought or a series of thoughts that cause a feeling of worry, anxiety, um, being like not goodness, right? Like that you are isolated, that you don't belong. And that then, you know, can lead to even more severe outcomes. So if we have a process of changing our thoughts daily, right? Okay. What's going on with me? What do I really want? What boundary do I need to create? And what do I love? Then we're actually retraining our minds to be oriented towards what authentically brings us joy versus um, where we are not. Yeah, I mean, Jordana said it, but uh, I think it's it's really cool that we get to create something that was kind of like on our minds to do. I think that part of success is just in the act of doing right and expressing. And a lot of us look at it as in, well, what was the result of that? I just say it's just in literally taking the next step to accomplish an idea that was in your head that started out from nothing and you made it into something. And so like the journal, just like what you're doing here, like you had an idea to do this and you're doing it. Great. That's a success. Congratulations. With Ian Jordana, like we just... We love journaling. We do these uh, workshops and sessions. We always talk about reflections and journaling. So it's so cool to have our own journal that we get to share with folks uh, to cultivate their own practice and routines daily. And what's so cool about it is there are prompts that allow you to do that to guide folks because people need that. We need we need ways of drawing that out of each other and ourselves. And then also because of our connection to NFTs and artists, we ended up getting artists to create unique pieces of what joy means to them. And they're sprinkled throughout the book and can inspire you as well as your own page to kind of draw what was the Jomo to you over the past seven days, to have a little bit of that creative practice for yourself. And then through buying, if you're interested in buying any of the art, as a digital asset, um, you can, and the proceeds all go to mental health charities. So it's uh, a really nice, I think, package and experience. And, uh, you know, I, I buy notebooks all the time, but this is something that really, I would say, is a gift for yourself or for someone else. And last week, you guys uh, rang the bell at uh, NASDAQ with some big organizations like Sesame Workshop and just talking about mental health, how important is it that your messages are getting to a larger audience? Yeah, well, I think it's key. Like, I think, listen, we can each make a difference just with our own practices or one-on-one in our lives, right? It's a domino effect. Um, but of course, it's a beautiful thing when you get to share what you love with as many people as possible, right? That's, I, I think that, uh, mental health and our own well-being is uh, a huge part of our life journey and living our best life, including this day and age with technology and social media. These conversations are going to become more and more important and they're going to be more at the forefront, I think, than they've ever been. And so it's so cool to see companies starting to prioritize that and just, I would say, mainstream culture and popular culture. Yeah. 
Normalizing the need for mental well-being and hygiene is so important. You know, uh, for my entire life, I've gone to the doctor and, the, you know, they're asking you how you're doing, but they're not asking you how you're doing or how you're doing. They're asking, you know, what's going on with your leg or your tummy. It's all, all of these symptoms, but never asking about how's the heart? How are, how are you emotionally? That's only started to happen now. And even though it is happening now, there's only a few minutes for that. And usually the result is a prescription versus like, okay, actually, what's the core need here? And it's usually um, taking a look at lifestyle. You know, how is my life supporting the way I want to feel? Um, most of us are just on the go, on the go, on the go, not taking the time to reflect for ourselves, to direct our lives, to breathe, to be out in nature, to connect with others. And these are the things that we know regulate our nervous system. When our nervous system is regulated, we're less likely to come in with those tummy issues in the first place. Where do you want to see the organization, say, in the next three to five years? Well, we want to spread the JOMO movement, of course, through yes. everything that we do. We want, instead of people talking about their FOMO, people are prioritizing their JOMO. Because I think when we lead with that, and that's a filter, we can make better decisions for ourselves and others and then show up better for ourselves and others. And again, it's that domino effect that shifts everything. And uh, I want to see us having uh, more of these conversations, including as our lives become uh, more tech driven, you know, with the AI and all these things coming about and us feeling a lack of control. Actually, there's uh, there's more that we can control than we think. And that's how we treat ourselves and each other. And let's not forget the humanity and all of that, um, you know, Peace Inside Live, we want to be bringing these tools to every major company and communities around the world. And uh, and then we also, through that, want to be spotlighting incredible facilitators and people doing the work, right? Uh, because there's so many amazing individuals on the holistic or mental health professionals that are really amazing. Uh, and through that, you know, we hope that then money gets put more into that. People start thinking about that. Like, you know, we talk about uh, capitalism. Let's shift how we view capitalism. Let's put money in the places that really need it, that actually support people. And their, uh, I think mental well-being is, um, it's not a nice to have, it's a need to have. It should be part of the foundation of everything from our healthcare to how we do business. And so that is my hope through the work we're doing and that we can do what we can to be part of that and support that future. Yeah. I mean, how amazing would it be if um, mental health breaks were encouraged in the workplace every 90 minutes, taking five, 10 minutes just to, it's just your time to do like absolutely nothing. Put your phone down and that's rewarded, you know, and, and that individuals can feel safe in having even that kind of space that doesn't take much investment. You know, we, we brush our teeth in the morning. What are we doing for our minds, right? Before we go off and get thrown into the world, you know, it's just, I, I think that when we start with ourselves and when the people and organizations and communities that we're part of encourage this, then that's actually how we spread peace in the world. It starts with what we do within ourselves.